Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization Called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ballplayers the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, you can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all these sales go to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. The number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S dot com. 9plusus.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast brought to you by 9plusus. Welcome, baseball family, to the Baseball Together <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we are already having way more fun than we are supposed to. We should. This should be illegal. Anyway, <laughs> it's probably illegal in 48 states. <laughs> At least 20, I don't know. At least 20. Well, it's the whole reciprocity <laughs> laws. You know, it's not all states accept this much fun. But if you have a license for this much fun in certain states, you can carry it in others. Anyway, enough on the political side. We we got a lot of fun coming at you today. We are going to talk first about some current events uh, that we think are interesting, and we hope you do too. And uh, and then more, just more. There's so yeah, much. Yeah, there's more. more. There is more. <laughs> <laughs> there's always more. You know. Let's be honest. <laughs> we want to announce though that whoever you are in Ireland and in Switzerland, we love you. Thank you for Thank downloading you for our our podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah we are aware of you and we thank you yes you you really did make our <laughs> our week so much more enjoyable so thank you however you say it in your country <laughs> we- <laughs> all right brad what's the first uh on the list for this week's current events. So we have this rookie sensation. Um, let me look up the pronunciation because my Spanish is terrible. Uh, Aristides Aquino. Aquino. There's no Enya there's no in there, so I have a hard time. I don't know if they're supposed to be or not. But Aristides, Aristides Aquino. Again, I can't say it without stuttering because it's difficult. Anywho, this guy is fantastic. <laughs> He's had a he had an amazing August. He's a rookie. He got called up. First game was August first, so this is a full month sample. The dude hit fourteen home runs in the month of August, Jeez. and oh. I I'm I'm baffled. My mind is blown that this kid came in. He's like he played one game. He got into one game last year. Okay, one game in 2018. In fact. He had um, one plate appearance, went 0 for 1, and struck out. He struck out in his only plate appearance in 2018. 
And then he comes in here 2019 and says, oh, big league pitching, I've seen that. Easy, bang, bang, 14 times. It's 14 home runs. And it's unbelievable. It's unreal. And my That's question unreal. to you, Brig, is who is this guy going to be? Is he going to be like, and granted, he's, okay, he's 25, so he's a little bit older, I guess you could say, a little bit older, especially for a guy from the Dominican Republic, because I feel like those guys get called up pretty early. They do, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it may just be that he's honest about his age. I don't know. Because we've had, and that's not a dick in anybody. No, it's true. That we've had incidents, right? Yes. Uh, Miguel Tejada comes to mind, right? He was a guy who had lied about his age, and and it happens so much in the major leagues that they just say, okay, well, here's a couple cakes. You've had a couple birthdays. Let's move on with our lives. It's not a big deal. (laughs) So he could legitimately be 25, and that's why. Yes. Um, But also that maybe the, the Reds were just so careful with him and developing him that that's why he took longer. Right, it is possible. I don't really think it matters though, because we are an audience that craves performance, right? And yes. we crave this kind of statistic. So uh, good for him, right? Oh, so, but fantastic to answer your, for him. To answer your question, though, um, you know, I think we're going to see a lot out of this guy. I don't think he's a one and done uh, sensation. I do wish he was on a team that would give him a little more play time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as far as like, it's too bad he's only had runs. this. Yeah, it's too bad he's <laughs> in the Reds and they're not going to get very far past yeah. like the 28th of September. But yeah. Yeah. My big takeaway from this guy is so he's 6'4, but he looks like he's pushing seven feet. He looks like if he stood yeah. next to Aaron Judge, he'd be about that tall, right? Yeah. But it's because he's all legs. I remember growing up, they told us, they always told us, your power comes from your legs. And it sure does with this dude. Like, that's got to be where it's coming from because he has not much to speak of when it comes to upper body. Well, it's and just a size disproportion. It, yeah, it probably is. That's all it is. It's very strange. <laughs> Physics is weird. <laughs> it is. It's very strange. Uh, but I'm thinking this guy gets and spends like a whole season or two at the big league level with big league trainers nutritionists everything he's gonna fill out and his bat speed's gonna increase his exit velos are gonna increase and so are his home runs yep i think you're right (laughs) it's it's gonna be insane watching this guy over the years to come speaking of home runs let's talk about the twins yeah just uh i think today the today's the 31st today Today they broke they broke the single season Home run record, so now it's 268, and um, good for them. I think you said that they have eight players with 20 or more home runs. Yeah, that's a major league record, too. It's crazy. It's also <laughs> insane, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But it's it's almost like 20 is the new baseline now yeah. this year, right? Because yeah. everybody's hitting so many home runs. But to have eight guys with that many home runs, eight, eight guys who can hit with that kind of power, that – that is absolutely insane to me. That that's dangerous for anybody coming into Target Field. It is. And you they, pitch too. <laughs> and they compete well outside of Target Field too. They they don't need to be at home to play that well, which is yeah. super scary, uh, specifically for a team like New York, mm-hmm. like the Yankees, right? Like, I think this could be a real problem for them. <laughs> it really could they're, be because they're playing the Yankees game. As well or better than the Yankees are. Yes. Yes, they are. 
And they do give up a lot of runs too because they they've given up more runs than than the Indians have who are chasing them. <clears throat> but um but they've scored a whole lot more runs than they have. I mean the reason they can give up that many is cuz they're scoring a bunch of them. True. I mean, they're scoring and scoring a lot. So, yeah. I mean it'll be interesting to see what happens to them come the postseason. Um cuz I don't think anybody I don't think the Twins are going to overtake or the Indians are going to overtake the Twins in the race in the division race even if they do they'll make a wild card game and one game they'll beat anybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, you're I think probably right. The Twins are just playing the home run game at a whole nother level. Yeah. They're playing, yeah, they're playing like they're playing video games on cheat mode or something. <laughs> you created their own team first. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, everybody's <laughs> power is at 99. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, but um, speaking of the Indians, go ahead. Yeah, go there ahead. you go. No, I was just going to I was going to transition over. You go ahead. So, it's uh it was Tyler Naquin, is that right? Yeah. Tyler uh, so I actually turned this game on right after this happened the other night, and uh, he crashed into the wall in left yeah. field at yeah. uh, Tropicana Field. Oh and boy! He hit his, the trop strikes again. The trop <laughs> that place, man. Um, but when it happened, like he he kind of I don't remember if he went down or not, but he he couldn't put any weight oh, on his leg. He's down. He went down and, hard. Yes, he did. That's right. He tried. Right, he went to writhing in agony, no less. Yeah. Um, but the I remember the announcers are saying I was watching the Indians broadcast on MLB TV, and they were saying, "Oh, you know, like it came back. It was just it was a knee sprain." And I was like, "Yeah, that ain't no knee sprain." Mm-mm. I've seen enough football injuries to know that that's an ACL. Yeah, and <laughs> he did. He football. tore his ACL. Yeah. So, Brig, how much of an impact do you think this is going to have on the Indians and their race in the Central? Not just in the Central, but also in the wild card. Right. Um, I don't know. So, I okay, I don't follow the Indians very closely. So, for those Indians fans out there, this could be way off base. But from what I'm seeing on the numbers, mm-hmm. he is he is a, a kind of carry-his-own-weight kind of guy. Right. So far, he's at 288 this season, 34 RBIs, 10 home runs. But I really think that his strength is the care, the charismatic school clubhouse leadership stuff. Yeah. And so I wonder what that will do, um, you know, the in the clubhouse. Obviously, he's an impact on the field. You can't discount that. His effects on the plate with 34 RBIs are are fine, but. Um, I wonder what it will do for chemistry. That's my biggest concern. Yeah, and when you lose a guy, I mean, he played in 89 games this season. So when you lose yeah. a guy who's played that much, uh, I, I feel like there is definitely a hole that is felt. Yep. Um, even if he's not a star, but he he's, he seems to be, I'm like, I'm the same. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the Indians. I do know some of the guys, but this is not somebody who I was incredibly familiar with. Um, but he does seem like a guy who would, would be missed because he does have a contribution. I mean, he's got an on-base percentage of 325. Yeah. He's only struck out 66 times. Only. He's not. <laughs> that's like I said. I mean, he's a carry-his-own-weight kind of guy, yeah. right? He's yeah. Nobody needs to pull for him. They're not subbing him out all the time. Uh, You know, he's he's doing fine. It's just, you know, now they've got a hole and, in and him. And he, doesn't, so he doesn't feel like a guy. He doesn't feel like a guy you would pitch around to get to either, and I feel like that's 
a big benefit on a, in our roster too. Yeah. That if you've got a guy that teams are not looking forward, not necessarily afraid of, but like you're not a guy we're trying to get to. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy because he's he's mm-hmm. only he's almost batting three hundred. Right. He's Who bats three hundred these though. days. Right. He's super consistent. I don't know. So Terry Francona, Tito said that uh, this is exactly like if he was going to go down, this is how he would go down. I'm paraphrasing. But yeah. um, tried to save the game by running through the wall, right? Yeah. So so that's the kind of guy, teammate, player, leadership, whatever, he's bringing into the clubhouse. And I just think that will be the biggest concern. But I don't think it'll slow the Indians down necessarily. I just think that there will be a gap. Yeah, and you know they actually they lost, they've dropped two in a row to the Rays now. Yeah, they lost the Rays, yesterday though, and the drop. Yeah, but I mean, in, when you're in a race, everything counts. Oh, I agree. I I'm just like, saying. So. And the Rays, the Rays, yeah, the Rays are playing very well. They're great. They're playing great ball right now. Yeah, and they've got Charlie Morton on Sunday. The the Rays do so. I don't. <laughs> I think they're going to get swept. Oh, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know how that went on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. We'll get back to that. We'll all watch it tomorrow. Um, and then Mike Trout, the, the kind of the last piece of news we have for this week is Mike Trout joining the 200-200 club. He has 200 stolen bases and mm-hmm. 200 home runs. home runs. And the dude's amazing. I just, my only thought on that is it's about time. Well, he's only no, I'm 27. <laughs> I'm like, what I are you know. talking about? <laughs> so I just get <laughs> I was like, but, what? But knowing how that dude plays, I'm just like, it took him till 27 to reach that? I thought he would have gotten, I mean, I know he slowed down on, on stealing bases. Everybody asked. Yes, yeah, because there's not as much running. But, uh, I mean, that's really what all it took was those yeah. 200 stolen bases. Um, but, no, that's awesome. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up 300-300 before, before his career ended. Oh, for uh, sure. Because, like I said, he's only 27, and if he gets out there, and if and if there, we get to be a correction back to the mean as far as stealing bases, hit and run, things like that, please, uh, he'll definitely hit 300. Please, can we do that. that? I agree. Yeah. I'm hoping it happens soon because every bubble has to pop. It's time. So eventually it's going to happen. So – the only thing the only thing that has to happen is somebody has to win a World Series on a stolen base. You're right. Like once that happens, everybody's going to go back to running bases. Yeah. And yeah, I that's pray a good for point. it every night. Every night before <laughs> yeah. I go to bed, I pray for it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a a Jobu style shrine set up to small ball. Nice in my office. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Are you are you are you giving him the right rum? It's really good rum. <laughs> and my wife is so pissy about the cigars but i'm like it doesn't matter like if she understood the the stakes here she would be smoking with him or something i don't know rolling <laughs> it herself it more <laughs> yeah i don't get that it's just she's so ungrateful sometimes yeah about what jobu does for us don't piss off jobu no well, let's take a break really quick. How about that? Let's take a break. Yeah, and I think it's a great idea. We'll be right back. Hey, Mike, Catherine, those are some cool t-shirts you guys have. 
Thanks, man. Yeah, I got it from 9plusus.com. They have tons of great baseball designs. Yeah, I wear my 9plusus clothing all the time. My favorite gym tank says diamonds are everyone's best friend. And my go-to shirt for barbecue says a hot dog at the ballpark is better than steak at the Ritz. Wow, I love that. Right, isn't that so cool? Yeah, I also got this snapback from 9plusus. It's, they're really the greatest stuff. Well, I'm gonna have to do some shopping after this batter. What was that site again? So yeah, it's 9plusus.com. So the number nine, right? Nine players on the field plus us. So nine, the number nine, P-L-U-S-U-S.com. Shop9plusus.com, apparel for game day and every day. Welcome back, baseball family, and we are going to do a mailbag episode for the latter half of this podcast episode. How many times can I say episode to get you to figure out what I'm talking about? Anyway, we... Episode. Drink. (laughs) Shots. I don't encourage the consumption of alcohol in unhealthy quantities. Okay. Um, We're going to do a mailbag. We got some fun submissions this week and some really good questions. So let's just dive in. Jason D'Agostino asked, he has two, okay? Um, We've been talking a lot about jerseys lately, so he wants to know who, just wants to know our favorite jerseys for our teams and then Mm -hmm. favorite fictional baseball player. So, Brad, what is your favorite Mariners jersey? Um, A few years ago, and by now, when I say this, this might have been 10 or 15 years ago. Um, they had a black alternate and no rhyme or reason uh, for it because black is not part of the Mariners color scheme. Um, but they looked awesome. They looked really, really cool. Uh, I, I really like the current Navy blue and also the teal because I like the teal. Um, I like those, but I don't feel like any of them compare to that black Jersey. And it was different than those awful players, uniform or players weekend ones. Oh, because geez. it wasn't black on black on black, right? Yeah. Um, it still had it still had the standard navy blue and green, Mariners across the front, and the standard numbers on the back. But it was just it was just everything that you love about like the the Mariners jersey on a black one, and it was it looked mm. great. I, I don't know why they did it for a couple seasons. I don't know why they got rid of it, but I thought it looked awesome. It looked really cool. That's really cool. What about you? So mine is the it's a, it's an old school design um and you can actually get them from Mitchell and Ness on like fanatics oh, yeah. and stuff like that um but it's it's a V-neck mesh navy blue Yankees jersey with the Yankees logo up on the left breast right up real high up on the collarbone almost it touches the collarbone hmm. And then the sleeves are short. They're quite short, which I really, really like a short sleeve. And and the, the collar and the sleeves are two bars of navy blue and then a bar in white between them, almost like a football jersey. Um, okay, but yeah. It's thinner on the cuff of the sleeves. Anyway, That that's my favorite one uh, for like a non-traditional. It's almost a BP jersey, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Those are Those are really cool. Yeah. And I I kind of have the idea of what you're talking about. That was a, those are those are awesome jerseys. I like yeah, those. They're awesome. So that's other than like the traditional home jersey, that'd be my favorite. Yeah, the pin the pinstripes just look so sharp. 
You just so can't good. beat it, man. And I love the oversized old school logo too. Um, oh yeah. So I have a, I have a, what do you call it? A Mickey Mantle, and I have a Yogi Berra jersey oh, nice. in the, the my Yogi Berra jersey is the old cream color. It's not even white. That's awesome. It is awesome, and I I love it because it's got that big fat Yankees logo on it. That's you know, mm-hmm. really old school. It's got the yeah. Mitchell and Ness on the side, and that's cool. The even the number on the back is on a, is in felt. It's not even on. Oh wow! Not like that tackle. That's twill. legit. It is legit, legit, dude. There's no name. It's just the number eight. Yeah, it's the and best. I feel like it. I feel like any Yankees fan who buys a Yankees jersey should not buy one with a name on the back. I mean, that's how I feel. But again, the commercialization is such that you know that's it's impossible. And I think they sell them cheaper without the names on them. So I, I I'm with you. I don't understand either, but. Yeah. I'm with you. Because as far as the Yankees go, either you know or you don't, and that's just the way it should be. Agreed. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I that's that's my opinion on jerseys. Um as especially Yankees jerseys. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I do have a in. question for you before we move on to the next one. Okay. Um this is jersey related. If you could own one jersey of one player in the history of baseball ever, who would it be? Oh my. Now, are we talking a replica that I would wear, um, or are we talking uh, a showpiece that, like, maybe is signed or um, something like just that? One like, that you, what are you one talking you about? Would wear. Just okay. one that you'd wear. Okay. Just, just have. Whether you wear it or put it in a, in a shadow box and hang it in your office, either way, just one that you would have. Um, it would definitely be a tie. It would be a tie. It would be a tie between the um, Lou Gehrig, old school. I love Lou Gehrig, man. Mm-hmm. Here's a shameless plug for the the film Henry and Me. If you haven't seen that, it's a cartoon. If you have kids, you got to look it up. It's the greatest, uh, especially if you're a Yankees fan. But any baseball fan will love it. But it is full of propaganda, so be careful. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I would do a Lou Gehrig jersey in that same cream color, and then I would do um, probably a the Kyle Schwarber in with the gold numbers that they did on the white pinstripe mm. Cubs jerseys. I love those ones too, and I would probably get either Rizzo or Schwarbs, ooh, or David Ross. I don't know. That whole 2016 yeah. year was just plain magical. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Do you have what? What would you to get? Um, I would want a Jackie Robinson jersey, mm. number forty-two, no name, because yeah. I want because that's how the Brooklyn Dodgers rolled. Uh, but it has to say Brooklyn across the front, right? Um, I don't want one that says Dodgers because it looks like the L.A. Dodgers, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it it would be more of a period item. Yep. If it said Brooklyn instead of Dodgers or Los Angeles, um, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd want. I love that. So, yeah, that's that's always been mine because I think that's so cool. That's great. So then Jason has another question for us. He wants to know who our favorite fictional baseball players are. Um, that's a tough question for me. I don't think it's hard for you. I well, could I probably two. tell you who it is for you. Okay, go ahead. Who do you think? You think it's Crash Davis? No, it's not Crash Davis. As what? much as I love Crash Davis. 
Um, for me, what? <laughs> Rick, Ricky Wait a Vaughn. Oh, Ricky Vaughn. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> He's You're hilarious. Right. You're right. From from California Pen- California Penal League, the Penal all the way through. <laughs> yes. All the way through Diva Ricky Vaughn back to Wild Thing. It, oh my god, he's so funny. His character arc through those two movies is so funny, and I, he cracks me up. And yes, I do love Crash Davis and Nuke Lelouch is so funny because he's a meathead. Totally. But but no, Ricky Vaughn is one of my favorites. Who's your second? You said you had two. Uh, well, it would be between either uh Ricky Vaughn or or Nuke Lelouch. Oh wow. Okay, got it. Yeah. Because I laugh harder at Nuke Lelouch than I do at most movie, most characters in any movie ever. That makes sense. Because Tim Robbins has some amazing one-liners in that movie. That's because he wrong. is the meathead. So, hmm. what about you? Uh, number one for me is Henry Rowan Gardner. <laughs> Or ruling for Henry re, re, Rowan Gardner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Robin Boozer. <laughs> Rosenbagger. <Yeah>. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's my favorite fictional baseball player of all time. And That's uh, awesome. yeah, he's the bomb. And then I have a number two as well. Okay. It would be it would be Stan Ross from Mr. Three Thousand. Oh, uh, Bernie, a, Bernie, Bernie Mac, Mac, Bernie Mac's character from Mister Three Thousand. Yeah, may he. Re- that's yeah. right. Yeah. So I'm Stan Ross. <laughs> I just love. <laughs> that's it. not a movie I ever saw. I know it's Bernie Mac because I see it all the time. I'm like, ah, I need to watch. You've that. never seen it. I've never gotten oh, around to great, it. No. Man, it's just plain old fun. And if you like Bernie Mac's comedy, it's even better. And I love Bernie Mac's comedy. I did too. So I'm I thought gonna... it's so funny. When we get done with this tonight, I'm going to go see if I can find it on Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime because I'm going to watch it tonight. You should. Tonight. I can see him now it. holding his – he's rubbing his hands together and he's biting <laughs> that bottom lip. He's like, I'm Stan Ross. I'm Mr. 3000, destined for the Hall of Fame, the Stan Ross. Oh, my gosh, dude. It's a great show. I loved it, man. Yeah. I love that movie. And it's not high up on people's baseball movies. But, no, it's not. And I but, think that's probably why I've never made it a priority. But his character is just so great. And it's uh he's old and he uh they bring him back as a gimmick and he no, it's it's great, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It's awesome. All right, that just got bumped to the top of my uh to watch list. Yeah. So Yeah, you'll like it. I'll be doing that next. Okay. We have <clears throat> we have a few a few other questions tonight. Uh, we have one from Alex Waring. This is a personal question for you, Brig. <laughs> it says, what hair products do you use, Brig? Your hair looks so luxuri- luxurious. <laughs> <laughs> Man. there Really, I only have one answer. It says South Carolina hard water. Oh, is it really? I'm serious. I You don't put any pomade or anything in your hair? Sometimes I do. Um, when I go to church, I'll put a little pomade in there, Yeah. but that's it. I, and then, you know, and then that's it. And I'll wash my hair and everything. And it's a little long right now for me. My wife likes it though. So I keep it, but really, yeah. really I put pomade in it. I wash it a couple times a week and it's, uh, and then I just put a hat on. So it's probably 
to I mean, if I'm getting nasty and telling you the truth, it's probably just oil. It's <laughs> natural oils. <laughs> you know what I mean? So but tell the people though, what kind of pomade do you use? It's bird. It's called bird. It's B Y R D. Get it Target. Okay. So nothing special. No, no. No, I've been through every kind of special pomade and hair product thing that you can imagine. Because my hair eats gel and pomades and stuff like that. Like I have, my hair is so thick, and yeah. it has so much volume that. See, I feel like my wife talking about my hair, but it has. <laughs> it's it just doesn't matter. So I don't put too much stock in products for my hair anymore because it yeah. just about a couple hours into the day it doesn't work anyway. So. So I'm going to go ahead and answer this question too. Do it because your okay. beard is magnificent. So I went a long time and I kept my beard really short. I kept it at about a two, which is like a quarter of an inch. Yeah. Um, and I have nothing on top. I'm not afraid to admit that. Man, you chrome in so, that dome so hard. So it is awesome. chrome dome. Um, but so I went a long time without even using any product. I combed my beard and it was fine just so it didn't look like a ragamuffin. Uh, but then last year, my wife convinced me. Uh, it was partially her convincing and partially laziness. I decided to let my beard grow. Yeah. And now, oh, man, it's probably, what, six inches? At least. Something like that. I don't know. Some days it feels really short. Other days it feels very long and full. But uh, I started putting product in it because it was a little bit out of control, starting to look a little bit homeless. Um, <laughs> but I used this beard grease called Haymaker mm. from this this beard barber here in Boise called the beardsmith you can actually order it online if you're if you have a beard and you want to put something in it i would highly recommend it It smells amazing i'm actually holding the can and smelling it right now like the problem that i have with this is that for the first like two or three hours after i get to work in the morning i just stroke my beard and smell my hand yeah (laughs) (laughs) because i love the way that it smells but yeah i put this stuff in my i've tried other products and i don't like anything like this this is good for my skin good for my beard and it's fantastic so when i grew my beard out a couple of mm-hmm. times and especially when I was in Afghanistan we grew our beards out and I had products and stuff like that too I love that stuff and you're right you just especially in a place like Afghanistan mm-hmm. where everything is dying and nobody's happy <laughs> probably feels like your beard's dying too it does and so like, yeah. you get a little tea tree oil something here a little sandalwood this you know uh a little you know anyway cedar yeah, and this one's this one's very like like piney. Yeah, oh, and man, yeah. it smells good. Dude. I love that stuff. I'm not kidding you. Like when I first bought it, it was right before I went down to spring training in in March. Yeah, and I met my family down there. I was like, "Smell my beard." I'm not kidding you. Smell, smell it. my beard. It smells so good. <laughs> Stick your nose in it and smell it. It smells so good. I was doing that for the entire weekend. We were down there. By the time we were done, my brother-in-law was like, "I'm not going to smell your beard, man. Just leave me alone." Yeah, shut up, dude. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, that's a good question, Alex. Good question. Very good. Very good. Right, let's do one more before we go take a short break. Okay. So this is from Rick Garcia. It says, at what point do you guys have the next T-shirt created or idea created? And this is for really for nine plus us. Um, yeah. So Brig, why don't you why don't you take Rick through the uh, I guess the creation process of, of your T-shirts? So it's really cool, and I'm I'm glad you asked the question because for those of you that don't know how we do things, this is a great kind of segue into what we do. So. We have um, 
for a long time we had a running list on the private Facebook group, 9 Plus Us VIPs. You go to the 9 Plus Us page and you jump on the VIP group and ask for permission to enter and we'll let you in. But if you jump in there, we for a long time we had a running list of t-shirt suggestions. Whether it's mm-hmm. a phrase or a, or an image you wanted to see. And, and then we would pick some and then we'd poll the group sometimes and see what people wanted. Pick the winner. Uh, and it's been really fun to see what people want. And then if you submit the phrase um, or the design idea and we come up with it, then you get a free one. So that's how it all got started. We still do that. So if you have a T-shirt idea or a phrase and you're the first one or two to submit the idea. So like No Crying in Baseball got submitted 100 times within three days or whatever. Um, so, you know, that like for those of you who are thinking that we should do a No Crying in Baseball shirt, it's already been submitted. We can't find a way to do it that doesn't look super stupid, in my opinion. Um, and we can't say No Crying in Baseball on the shirt because of copyright infringement trademark with the film that it's from. So, um, but if, but as long as you're not the first one or two to submit the phrase, you'll get a free one. Anyway, point is we still do that. And then what we do is we go to the drawing board. Um, and I, I do most of the design work myself for, for the shop. So we do, um, some spitballing, Brad and I will spitball some ideas and we'll draw some up sometimes, mm-hmm. Tiff and I will do some spitballing and draw some up. And then once I see the vision of it in my head, I just push play. I get on Photoshop or whatever, and I start messing around. We come up with a design. So, but that does that's kind of precursory to Rick's question. What, um, what I think you're asking, more to the point of your question, actually, is that we, for a long time, we did it one week at a time. Until about the 4th of July... And then we did 10 t-shirt designs for the 4th of July Americana series. And that was huge. That was a ton of work all Mm -hmm. at once. And that's when I started thinking, okay, this is exciting and people are responding. This is really cool. So then we started trying to get ahead. And now um, we have everything planned and ready, almost, almost ready through the end of the regular season. We started that a couple of weeks ago and, um, yeah, we order the samples in. We make sure it looks great. Uh, we make sure that you know it's designed properly or whatever, and that takes a little bit of time for us to get it in. And then once it's approved, we're ready. We hold on to it. We we just held on to four of them this last time. Yeah, um, I think that there's one part of that that's really important that I think gets glossed over sometimes is the fact that you. Before it goes up on the shop, before it's made made available to the public or anything, that you guys make sure that it actually looks good on the shirt. Because there's sometimes that you'll you'll do a design, you get it on the shirt, and it's like oh, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Or even there's other times we've noticed that it comes in and it's a little bit off center on the yeah, shirt, right? Totally, yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's a little bit too high or something. So I I think that's something that's really important is that you do like a self quality check before it's made available. And I think that, I think that's really cool and a really, I guess, I, I mean, it's an important part of the process, something you don't really think about. Yeah. You don't just design it, throw it up there. And if you get it and it looks good, then so be it. Then you want to make sure personally that it looks nice. Yeah. If I wouldn't wear it, I'm not going to let you wear it either. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's just how we feel, you know, and I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I think it's a good, 
good company policy to have. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back. We have a few more questions to dive into. These ones are going to be a little bit more in depth, so uh, we'll take some time after a quick break on those. The designated hitter, the infield fly, a ground rule double, the dropped third strike. To some, these seem like strange things. To you, these are just baseball things. Shop the Baseball Things collection at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. We hope you enjoyed that short little break. Uh, let's get back into the mailbag. Let's dive back in and root around in there and see what we can find. <laughs> so we have a couple more here from Alex Waring. Uh, we have here's the first one. It says, "Should it be the same across leagues in concerns to the DH or lack thereof, and the pitcher should also bat?" So, Brig, do you think that the you that the DH should be universal or just get rid of it altogether? No, nope. what your... no, the DH should not be universal. Okay, uh, kind of absolutely not. I think that if you're going to change, I think you should change to eliminate the DH. But my, I really would prefer that we don't change anything. That's my, my true. Just leave it preference. ALNL. Leave it split. Yep. But if you're going to change it, eliminate the DH. That's what I think. And see, I feel like it should be universal. I know. Either either get rid of it or make it mandated across the leagues, which I think is more likely because of the union. It right? is. Yeah, I agree. And I think it makes more sense, to be honest, uh, because hitting is such a – something you have to have your repetitions in. Like you can go take batting practice till your hands fall off. But if you're only getting into a game once a week, like if you're getting like two at-bats in a game once a week. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna be able to hit the ball. Like anytime a pitcher actually hits the ball out of the infield or especially hits a home run, I consider it a miracle. <laughs> like that that's yeah. just me because it it's tough to get it's tough to get up there and and once a week take your hacks and then actually do something with it. Yeah, I agree. And so I feel like but and I know guys we're in, in the this, National League do it, man. They do. They do do it. And I think it's I think they take more batting practice. They're used to it on that side, and but they also get more repetitions during the season because I feel like when American League teams go to National League parks, that National League team is already at an advantage. Granted, um, American <clears throat> the American League does, uh, at least the last couple of years, I haven't looked this year, but they have had a better record against the National League just overall. Yeah, I don't know how much of that is in National League parks or not, but it, it does feel to me like National League teams have an advantage because their pitchers are more used to hitting. And then especially if they go to the American League, the National League's like, hey, we can just throw one more hitter in there that we're not used to having. Totally. Our offense just got better. You know, So to me, it seems like the National League should be winning more things against the American League. Yeah, but they're not. But They're not, though. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing that doesn't make any sense to me is that logically it seems like it should be the other way around, but the American League is, is better, and I think it's just overall talent in the American League. Yeah, but, right? but we're just talking about pitching talent. It's not overall better pitching talent in the American League than it is in the National League. Right. Yeah, and, I don't and think really so. it's, just, it's, just, it's just hitting talent, too. Sure. But, but yeah, but no, I... I 
to me, it feels like the National League has an advantage in that aspect, though. And if does that if, make sense? Yes, it does. But if they were using that advantage to any measurable benefit, I would agree that we should discuss it further. But they're not, and yeah. so I think that if you're going to be a baseball player, be a baseball player. And and that's the other thing too is that I've always been like, well, I don't want my base, I don't want my pitchers running the base pass because I I don't personally like when pitchers run the bases because they do it so seldom that sure, you know, it's it's another repetitions thing. You know, I, I, I don't want my pitch. I don't want my pitchers getting hurt on the base paths. Right. Um, but on the other hand, though, you're taking away an aspect of a guy's game that he was probably once very good at. Um, Had to be. Because you think about the guys who pitch in high school; they're some of the best players on the team. Typically, they have the best arm. They're the most accurate, and so, and it gets to the point where the coaches are sometimes just like, "Well, we need pitchers." You know, depending on where you are. So you're a good baseball player. You're going to go pitch, yep. right? Yes. You know, every, you know, once a week, we're going to throw you up on the mound. Other than that, you're probably going to be playing shortstop or outfield. It happens. And so at, at one point, those guys were probably very good hitters. And that's one thing that, I, to me, like that's the big thing for me, that uh, if you allowed that, if you kept let those guys keep hitting through the through college, through the minor leagues, however long, got into the big leagues and they got regular hacks, they'd be very good. Like Otani, for example. Sure, perfect example. Like he's he's a phenomenal hitter, and it's because he was given the opportunity to hit, opportunity to hit as See, well as be a pitcher. I agree. And Jake Arrieta is a good example. When that guy gets a chance at the plate, mm-hmm. he doesn't squander it as often as other pitchers do, right? Yeah. Even John Lester can pull. Uh, and rake a little bit if he needs to, you know. I mean, these Mad are Bum's another guy, isn't he? What? Yeah, Mad, Mad Bum. Bum. Yeah, these yeah. are guys that are cl- they're clutch guys. They're athletes. They're baseball mm-hmm. players. They're yeah. not just pitchers. You don't get to put them in a box and narrowly mm-hmm. define them. And I think they feel that way. I yeah. remember even CC Sabathia the other day. This is last season. Dude is old. He does not want to be running anything, let alone a base mm-hmm. path. Right? He doesn't want to run anything. Yeah. And he's up there like, let me take a swing, man. I yeah. missed that. He said he missed it. Yeah, well, and, and I always, I always go back to Felix Hernandez. That I mean, it was, it was one time, but he hasn't had very many hit bats in his big league career. And I think he has two home, uh, he has one grand slam, I think, and then two home runs. See, and and Bartolo Colon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's an anomaly every time you turn around. <laughs> he's an anomaly. The fact that he was on the field for as long as he was. Amen. But. <laughs> But no, I know what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, he's out there hitting bombs a couple of yeah. years ago. Yeah. So anyway, but. I think I've said enough, but that's how I feel. Yeah, and and like I said, I I can see arguments both ways because I've just given them. Um, I would prefer to have my pitchers not running the bases because I don't want them to get hurt because so much rides on them in the postseason mostly. Yeah. Um. But the biggest thing that I've that's always kind of halted any conversation that I've ever thought of having with this is that the players' union isn't going to let Major League Baseball get rid of the DH because then you won't then you don't have David Ortiz, you don't have Edgar Martinez, yeah, um, you don't have Frank Thomas at the end of his career because those guys relied on the DH position to extend their career and you'd lose that. Yeah, so absolutely. Granted, you've got guys coming up for the minor league sooner because they'd be replacing them, but at the same time guys are losing jobs because they're not having the DH. So that's really the biggest thing for me that I'm kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter what I say because that's yeah. just the way it's going to be. So. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next question that we have. Uh, 
Also from Alex Waring. Thank you, Alex, for being so involved and sending us your questions. You the man, really appreciate Alex. it. Yep. Great. So it says, should MLB follow through and do an expansion to add more teams? And also, where would be the right markets or cities they should expand to? So yeah. let's talk about that first. We talk about should, this a lot. Yes. And I actually wrote something on Baseball Together about this because I had heard a conversation about expansion realignment on uh, on a radio show. Yeah. So, so if you want to get on and check that out, uh, feel free to poke holes wherever you like because... It's imperfect. It is imperfect. I'll be the first to admit that. And it was just something I was having fun with. None of it means anything. <laughs> well, you know, we're so, we're always just having fun anyway. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, but Brick, do you think MLB should expand? Yes. Yep, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and my only thing with it is before they expand, and this was something that was brought up in this. This conversation on this radio show is that the A's and the and the Rays need to figure out their stadium situation before there's ever any more legitimate talk of expansion. Agreed. Because there should almost be relocation before there's any expansion. And then based on where they relocate, should they expand? Because there are teams right now I feel like that are really struggling to draw. And there's it's gonna be the case in any sport. I understand that across any major sport. There's NBA teams that don't draw. There's NFL teams for some reason that don't draw. Yeah. Um but there are big league teams that do not draw a crowd regardless of the game. Yep. Um, and that's that almost needs to be something else that is sorted out before there's any expansion because uh, if that's the case, you probably need to be re- relocated, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a potential argument. I can see that being a good idea. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe get your attendance situation figured out before you, before you expand. But on the other hand... Um, I would love expansion because I want a team in Portland. <laughs> right. Well, and here's I mean, what I want. I I want I want it to go back to when we had actual meaningful pennant races. Yeah. And I think with 32 teams you could do that. Or 34. Yeah. Mm. It'd be 32. It'd be, It'd be 32. 32. Yeah. 30 right now. Um and Yeah, 34 I, wouldn't work. 32 would though. Yeah, I I think that would be I think that would be doable, and I think it would make more meaningful pennant races because you kind of water down the league just a little bit more with two more yeah. teams and, and hopefully distribute the talent more. Yeah. So, well, I talk about jobs. You, I mean, you talked about oh, jobs yeah. in the last one. Yeah. I mean, that would be yeah. a major economic boost to the entire league. I mean, that's 80 more roster spots. That's just at the big league level. Then you walk it all the way down to rookie ball. Oh, I mean that's 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 fifty fifty roster spots in the big league level, and then you go to the forty man roster. That's that's two forty man rosters, but yeah, then walk it all the way down, all the way through the minor league levels. Right. Yeah, that that's a lot of ball players. And then all the coaches and all the staff and all the front office personnel and all of the merch and all of the towns you get to affect with baseball now, and yep. I mean it it would be the best thing for baseball since randy johnson hit the bird you know what i mean (laughs) or david ortiz in that phone box right like it would be it would be so good for the sport and america needs more small town baseball more hometown baseball Uh and and that would do it right because that's where this whole thing starts we all have major league teams we're all fans of stuff 
but not all of us get a chance to go to a major league ballpark because we're geographically displaced or we don't have a chance to, to get there because it's way too expensive for a ticket or whatever. There's a million different reasons. And then you got to be at the ballpark for however long and you can't eat the food at the ballpark because it's too expensive. There's like a ton of reasons why major league baseball is inaccessible to the everyday fan that bother me. But when it comes right down to it, hometown grassroots minor league baseball is where it's at for every single fan. And if we had, if we had more teams to spread out then cause some teams have two class A affiliates, right? Well, they have, they have short season and they have advanced. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, and yeah. like, yeah. so if you figure you got rookie, you have uh, two class A's, you have class double A and then triple A that's, yeah. that's like five towns that get a, just, a, just on one MLB pipeline. Well, six because then you go to the Gulf Coast League and the Arizona Summer League. Yeah, and then that's do you, like the lower rookie. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. So you think about that, and then you add that two different teams. I mean, that is going to do a lot for a lot of people and getting new fans into baseball and bringing mm-hmm. in new money and and expanding players' capabilities. No man. That's one of the first things I would do. I would figure out those two stadium issues. I agree with you, right? Mm-hmm. Like Tampa Bay has got we got to figure out what the Rays are going to do. Um, and then what was the other one you said? Oakland, Odako Stadium, like, like the Coliseum there is a mess. Yeah, it's but such a mess. They're going to stay in the Bay. They'll stay in the Bay. Yeah, they just need to get it figured out. And I'm sure that they'll just threaten that they're going to leave. Um, but I've heard that the that the mayor of Oakland is not going to let the A's leave. Will not. Capital N-O-T not let the Rays leave. Or yeah. A's leave because um, it's a combination of the Raiders leaving, going to Vegas. Yeah. The Warriors are going across the Bay to San Francisco. Really? They can't lose the A's. They cannot lose the A's. Cannot, will not lose the A's. It's true. So I think that mayor is going to do anything possible to keep those to keep that team in town, whatever it takes, which I think is great because the A's belong in Oakland. I agree. Oakland needs a baseball team. Yep. Yeah. No, that's a no brainer. They just got a stadium problem. Yep. And the Coliseum isn't great. It's just not great. I've seen a game there. It's nothing special. Yeah. Um, It's sometimes even straight up awkward, you know, but, (laughs) but it's fine. It's, it gets the job done and the people are connected to it because now Mm -hmm. it's almost like, it's almost like it sucks so bad. We're so proud of it, right? It's like a we, trash hole, but it's our trash hole. That's right. And and yeah. the trop people don't feel that way about the trop. So the trop is a massive priority. Yes. Yes. And yes. traffic in the trop is so bad. Traffic in Oakland's not so bad. I mean, it's it's Oakland. You're still in the yeah. Bay Area, but it's not like down in St. Pete. Yeah. So I think I think you're right. We got to figure out what the Rays are going to do. Montreal would be a great place to put them. It w- it really would be. I mean, I can't <laughs> I can't push that enough that Montreal needs a baseball team. One hundred percent. So then, so where badly. are you going to put your two expanded teams? So Montreal's one because they need they need a baseball team. I feel like that was one of those injustices with when it kind of like the uh, um the Baltimore Colts 
how they kind of got taken in the middle of the night. Yeah. That's how the, the expos felt for me. And granted, I was kind of unplugged at the time. Um, but I was like, whoa, no, 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 no. Mont- no, you can't leave Montreal. Like, just put a new team in, in Washington. You know, that was yeah. kind of – so I've wanted a team in Montreal forever. I agree um, with you. Well, and it's and all then, because of the 94 friggin' strike, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the other team, like the other place, like I, like I said before, uh, I'm selfish, so I want a team in Portland. Um, for one, because that's that's my hometown. I grew up in the Portland, Oregon area. Um, I would love to have a team there. I would be a, a fan of that team immediately if that was the case because I feel way more connected to Portland than I ever have to Seattle. But Seattle, but the Mariners were like my, were my hometown team. So that's who I've always cheered for. Right. And I can't, I can't quit them, but I probably would be able to, if there was a team in Portland and I'd cheer for them if they were bad too. Um, <laughs> You're good at that. You have a lot of experience. <laughs> I do have a lot of experience. I know what it's, I know what it's like to lose. If you need help understanding what it's like to lose, come talk to me. I'll help you. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And you I don't even drink to drink spot. my sorrows away. So yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but also because I'm right now, I'm only seven hours away from Portland. Oh yeah. Um, my closest teams now are Seattle, which is, you know, that's 10, 11 hours away, depending on which way you go. Um, and then Colorado, which I have no idea how long it takes to get to Denver. Um, way longer than I would want to do go to go to a big league game. So at this point in my life, I'm more likely to take a trip down to spring training in Arizona to go to a big league game. (laughs) Right, that I am to make either of those trips, just because it's it's kind of a pilgrimage thing, you know. Yeah, it is a pilgrimage so, thing. Yeah, but if there was a team in Seattle I, or in Portland, I would make a trip maybe twice a year to go to a game. That makes sense. So, like to me. what you're what you're talking about with proximity to big league teams. Um, I am sitting in that very situation right now, with I have a a low A team here in town, which it's fun to go to, but it's not big league baseball. Right. You know, like. That, I mean, I'm all about big league baseball because I, I understand the difference that I'm going for the the experience of just going to a game at that low A, but I feel like I I I really truly enjoy going to big league games because it, there's it, it's different. It's so it different. It is different. On so many levels, it's different. Yeah. So that's why I say Portland. What about you? Uh, there needs to be one in the Carolinas. Mm. Where would you put them? Um. Charlotte? I mean, it would ha- it would almost have to be Charlotte. Yeah. I think that the fan base there are, they're loyal to the Knights. Mm-hmm. And the Knights are the AAA affiliate of the Sox, the White Sox. So yeah. it would be an easy upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the perfect spot in town. They, I think they moved, they were in a weird spot about 10 years ago. So eight years ago, something like that, when I first went to a Charlotte Knights game, 10 years ago or whatever it was. It was actually 11 years ago. And now we went to a Charlotte Knights game just a few weeks ago, and it's just it's right downtown, and the skylight, skyline's <clears throat> right behind it. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. So um, I think that you could literally upgrade that facility and do some yeah. renovations and things. And it would turn into a similar situation like they have at Coors Field, downtown mm-hmm. Denver, mm-hmm. which is also beautiful and really well appointed and very well thought out. And, you know, all of the great things about it. Um, 
So I would think Charlotte makes the most sense. I think Raleigh Durham also makes a lot of sense, but they're never going to remove the Durham Bulls. Never. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So, so if that's the reason you can't put it in Raleigh Durham, then it has to go in Charlotte um, because there's nothing in South Carolina that could carry it. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing one time I was playing um, NCAA college football, like the the video game. Yeah. And there was a little bits of trivia during on the loading screen. It said something that um, the Death Valley Clemson's football stadium. Yeah. The capacity there is more than the population of like all but like three cities in or three towns in in South Carolina. It's true. I couldn't believe that. I was like, man. It's crazy. And, man, that is a cool experience, by the way. If you ever get a chance to go to Death Valley and see a Clemson home game. That is a bucket list item, actually. It is nuts. Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. It's just nuts. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, the other place I would put a team, I agree with you, I think Montreal deserves a team, but I would just mm-hmm. move the Rays out of St. Pete into Montreal, leaving mm-hmm. me another slot to fill. And then okay. I think you, I think Portland makes a heap of sense, but I also think Nashville. Yeah, I think, you, Nashville. I think Nashville could carry a team for sure. They already yeah, have that's, a triple A place. They already have a triple A crowd there too. Mm-hmm. Right, the well, Nashville and, sounds. I mean, they're they are, and they support an NFL team. They support uh, an NHL team. Um, they, yeah. I'm sure, if the Grizzlies needed to move out of Memphis, they could support an NBA team. Totally. So yeah, yeah, I, I think Nashville is the next place that makes the most sense. Yeah. So I would do, I would do something in the Carolinas, probably Charlotte. And then I would do Nashville. And I think the Southeast needs a little more love anyway. And see, my thought was, I felt like the West needed a little bit more love. That's probably the I chose Portland. Yeah. I could see that being easily as justifiable as the Carolinas. Yeah. yeah Cause you've got, you've got, it's so heavy in the Northeast. Yeah. Um, I mean, from like, like Ohio, Pennsylvania, every, that whole area over there is so dense with Major League Baseball. Yeah, and the West, like I didn't realize it until I until I was doing those mock realignment things. Yeah. I didn't realize how much there was West. Um, but there's also some some stretching putting the Texas teams. I feel like in the Western d- divisions. Agreed. If you could. If you could move them out of the Western divisions and then put a team in Portland and just have basically the West be the isolated. absolute, like, yeah, isolated to like those Western states, um, I think it would help all those teams because there wouldn't be nearly as much travel. Um, and I say that selfishly as a Mariners fan, saying, you know, you've got to travel to Houston for division games every year. Of course. And granted, Houston nightmare. has to travel to Seattle, but that's, that's an awful trip for division. For an end division game. Yeah. When you see each other 15 times a year or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. For both those teams, it's just horrendous. So I think, I don't think they should be in the same division together for that reason. And I think Portland would help with that. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah. I just think that there's this emptiness. Once you get south of Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. there's nothing until Atlanta. And there's these huge population centers. And then, and then the teams in Florida. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is very dense up in that northern part of the US in that in that area with Ohio and New York and and, and New York, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Illinois. Yeah. The, I mean, 
Pittsburgh is in yeah Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't think of it. I was like, well. <laughs> oh. All right, let's get this thing wrapped up. Yep. Um, baseball family, we want to hear from you. Uh, we want, we always want more mailbag questions. Uh, we just kind, we just kind of collect them as they come in. Um, so if you if you have a question, feel free to submit it. Um, you can actually find a page on uh, on baseballtogether.com where you can submit mailbag questions, or you can submit them on the Facebook page on the VIP group. Um, we have a post where you can submit them. Uh, just just put them in the comments. We'll see them there. Also, if you submit it through the page on Baseball Together, um, then you will uh, we'll get the email and we'll use it. Um, you get a shout out just like everybody did today on the podcast. And speaking of baseball together, you can you can visit the, that that's our our blog website where we write about some of the things we talk about on the podcast and other things that come up throughout the week. Uh, we try to stay up to date on that, uh, so you can get on there, check that out. There's always links on the Facebook page as well to, that will get you to baseballtogether.com. Don't forget to jump on the shop as well and pick yourself up some super sweet baseball swag. We have super unique designs that are super cool, and I super love saying super. We <laughs> Super duper. Super duper. Um, we have been releasing a new t-shirt every week since like March or something. It's been forever. Um, lots and lots of fun. We did 10 designs for the Americana series. Um, we have tons of stuff with... I'm wearing mine right now. I'm wearing my Freedom Swing shirt. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing my Baseballs for Lovers shirt, actually. Yeah, I love this one. Um, we we just love doing this. We love adding value to your closet. Um, everything we do goes to support charity. And it's been a really fun time. So go out. Check out what you... Um, whatever you want. Our newest design, we released it tonight, actually. It's a home plate outline. It says... It says baseball together. There's no place like home in sequential. Um, you know, they go like back to back to back. And then it, the words together themselves wrap to outline the home plate uh, image. So it's really cool. And it's 15% off in the shop right now using code HOME15. So H-O-M-E-1-5. And that'll get you 15% off of everything until Wednesday. Uh, not everything in the shop, just everything in that series until Wednesday. And we have adults, kids, youth, onesies, and three-quarter length baseball t-shirts. Oh, and tank tops. We come in tank tops, too. That's Wednesday, September 4th. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Okay. At 11.30 p.m. Eastern is when that sale will end. Uh, baseball family just wanted to give you a heads up. Briggs going to be out for a couple weeks. He's uh, He's going to have some medical stuff done. So I'm going to have a couple of guests on the next couple weeks to to fill in for him so it'll be a little bit of a change of pace but i hope you still enjoy what we're doing um feel free to rate review subscribe to the podcast tell your friends about us share it with anybody you know who likes baseball and baseball family i will catch you next week mm-hmm.